one theory coming from the MIT, uh, there's a professor there named Otto Scharmer. And uh, he is the one that invented the U theory. If you don't know what it is, it's something super interesting to go into and to check. But anyways, one of the main points about all these theories, it's about that we're living like three disconnections. Disconnection with nature, disconnection with others, and disconnection with ourselves. And he started to talk about this like 15 years ago, something like this. I believe that pandemic was just underlining how this is deep and, and putting everything in front of us, letting us understand how, how much we needed to, to go and to check again our lifestyles. Welcome to the Placemaking Podcast. Podcast. The show geared at helping real estate developers learn and understand important aspects of the development process while improving communities one at a time. Each week, we'll discuss major facets of the real estate development process with industry professionals. Now, here's your host, Matthew Lowe's. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 51 of the Placemaking Podcast. I am extremely excited to share this next conversation with all of you here today. And today on the show, I have Alberto Mateo. He's the creative director of the Placemakers Group of Companies and founder of Etherlin. Alberto is an award-winning entrepreneur, a business futurist, an author, and a keynote speaker, all to name a few. Now, author of Mind the Change and Marketing Thinker and curator of the local edition of MIT Sloan Books, he's a technology and business innovation expert. Now, as creative director of the Placemakers Group, Alberto really guides the design direction of several companies that, that all revolve around enhancing public spaces. As you'll hear in this episode, he is also founder of Ethelin, a company focused on outdoor workspaces. The Placemakers Group is the world's largest street furniture manufacturing group. They're exclusively committed to not only anticipating future trends, but also designing urban spaces that enhance interpersonal connections, citizens' well-being, engagement, and performance as a whole. This group consists of six companies currently. These include Metalco, Bellatelia, City Design, My Equilibria, 1984, and of course, Ethelin. Placemaker's mission is simple. Start with a beautiful public space and truly transform it into a living place that brings immediate and tangible benefits to communities, municipalities, and ultimately the people who use it. Now in this episode, we're going to take a deep dive into the ideas behind effective placemaking, understanding how being outdoors can actually reshape neural pathways in the brain, and a look into the future of public spaces and the various activities that will be brought back into the public realm. There's loads of great information in this episode, and I greatly appreciated Alberto for taking the time out of his tremendously busy schedule to discuss this topic of the art and science of making ordinary places into truly living spaces with me. As always, if you've enjoyed the show, I'd ask that you please subscribe to the show and share with your friends in this industry. There'll be more exciting conversations on the shows to come. So without further ado, let's start the show. Hey, welcome to the show, Alberto. Hey, Chamet. How are you? Doing well. I, I'm honored to have you on today and I'm excited to just jump right in. Um, but before we get going, I gave you a little intro uh, before this show, before we got on the call. But in your own words, can we get a little bit more about what you do? And, and, and then we'll kind of transition that into where you're at now and, and go from there. Okay. Um, so first of all, thank you very much for having me. Um, so my name is Alberto Mattiello. I am the creative director of the placemaking uh, group, the placemakers. Uh, we are probably one of the few big uh, manufacturer in terms of street furniture. And we work with several cities all around the world. Um, and um, right now I'm in the north of Europe. I used to live in Miami, but for the pandemic, I got locked out from my house. Uh, <laughs> I moved to Europe like just a little bit before the, the pandemic struck, uh, struck, and then I got locked out. So I'm waiting to come back uh, in the United States probably, I don't know, 
as soon as autumn maybe <laughs> if somebody is we'll somebody yeah. is listening and you know can <laughs> about this i would like to go back and see how the house is after a year and a half wow well there, there could be worse places that you could be so no that's true that's true we are super yeah. happy it was actually uh, fortunately nothing happened and, and it was like a super interesting year that's one way to put it yeah. <laughs> so once that you know, once the the health stuff it's set up on the other side, I, um, yeah, I I think we got a chance to live like in very interesting times. So sure. when we are passing through something so important, I think there's always something to learn. Absolutely. Well, let's let's talk about your background um, before joining the placemaking group and and get an idea of what what that really looked like. Okay. Um, so I'm a designer. So first of all, I, I was studying design in Milan, but I spent all my career and still now I work as a business futurist. So my actual activity, the main activity is to help companies to forecast uh, what is going to happen in the next three to five years, looking on how technology changed mm-hmm. uh, so that you can you know, an- anticipate what kind of opportunities or problems you can have in the future. And actually doing this, that's how I, I met uh, the, the Metalco company. Uh, so we've been working together now for probably eight years. Uh, wow. We started with one specific project, then we started to work in other projects, other projects. Now we are really developing something. I, I, I really believe something super interesting for this market. Yeah. And it, it sounds like your background, maybe as a designer, helped bring that that together. Sure. Yeah, definitely. But but you know you know why? Because um, in this case, it was not just a matter of creating like a business strategy, but I could even help the company to uh, make something more concrete about all the philosophy and, and ideas and guidelines we were developing. So it was easier in that case, not just you know to say where we have to go, but help a company to design the right products to go where we wanted to go. And so yeah, being a designer for sure was helping a lot. What what spurred you into being a designer? I just I always like to hear this. Is it no? It's okay. always fun to hear people's stories. So yeah, actually, <laughs> uh, uh, I I tried at that at that time there was an exam to enter in different university. I I tried in, in two. One was biology, okay. and the other one was design. At that moment, I have no idea what was design. What was design? <laughs> what was nothing. Uh, but I, I was good in sketching and okay. I see on, on the exams that there was like visual uh, communication. And I said, you know, visual communication sounds fun. And yeah. that's wow, how I, I applied. And actually I entered not in biology, but at the Polytechnic of Milan. And that's it. And probably, yeah, probably it took me a couple of years to understand where I was and what I was doing. <laughs> but then when I got where I was and when I was doing, I enjoyed a lot. Um, I, I'm 44 now. At that time, it was the beginning of internet. So I peaked actually design of communication. So I spent the first times, first years, like working on doing website. It was like a very early uh, adopter and pioneers in all that stuff. And um, so... That that's how I get into design. Yeah. So serendipity. <laughs> <laughs> and now you're here. Yeah. Right? So you're involved in some pretty amazing companies, but we can touch on placemaking and then kind of kind of work our way out from there. But you guys are working on some pretty amazing and and I would say unique solutions to kind of the built environment. Could you give us a brief overview of what that looks like and, and some of the product types and, and, and then give us kind of that broad overview so we can start to look a little deeper. Okay. Um, okay. Just to go back in the history a little bit, um, uh, the, the first company of the group was Metalco. Metalco has been in the market for more than 30 years. And in 30 years, everything changed. And, and the main focus is um, we're, we're talking about um, street furniture. So furniture for public spaces, semi-public spaces. So something that can you know, let people to sit somewhere outside. Um, so a few years ago, this company decided to buy another couple of companies and, and then he started this new process to get 
to the point of being a placemaking company. In in this case, when I mean being a placemaking company, means changing from the perspective of uh, selling products to make like a place beautiful to go to the direction of designing something with a sort of citizen first mentality. So starting from the idea of what kind of actions, what kind of uh, socialization do we want to create on a, on a specific place and creating the right tools for that. Mm-hmm. But uh, this is like a super long story in, in a few words because it took like really five to six years. Uh, yeah, five years, six years to, to get to this point to, you know, to have like a philosophy uh, mm. of designing and even we are now in the phase that we're trying to help our clients to think in this way. Um, mm-hmm. I, you, you know what? Since the beginning, I, I got this feeling that coming from Italy, so coming from the, all the history of um, internal furniture, furniture for houses and stuff, and there are so many companies working in them, so many philosophies, so many thoughts connected to how we leave our houses. And then you go and you see outside and there's nothing like this. Yeah. The market is very immature. Sometimes, and I would say the big part of the brief that we receive, they're connected to the material of the bench that they need. So do you need, you know, how much does it cost like a, like a wood bench? Yeah. And, and I'm not joking, a lot of our, of our briefs, they're like this. So what we're trying to do in the market is to help our, our the cities, obviously major cities, they're more evolved than that, but you know, you work with a lot of different size of cities, but the idea is to help our, our clients to think in terms of socialization outside, to bring people outside, understanding that, you know, understanding that the right tools can really change the lifestyle of a specific place. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, you know what? Let me add something. I think this is very key connected to the pandemic because right now uh, we are in the middle of looking on how cities are changing. A lot of people now, they don't know if the first house is the one in the city or the first one is the one in the wood or the one in the mountains or, or in yeah. the countryside. And there is this switch between the first and the second house. So the way that we study, the way that we work, the way that we shop is going gonna, is gonna to changing a lot. So mm-hmm. for cities, it's becoming so strategic to understand the kind of lifestyle that they need to create to attract again people, uh, to feel that cities should be their own first house. Yeah. That I think the public spaces and outdoor spaces they're going to be key in this, you know, in this statement of, of, of a lifestyle that they want to create. Mm-hmm. So this is the area where we're we're trying to work now. Wow, yeah, that's a, that's a tough tough nut to crack i mean you're trying to uh trying to convince cities to think more on um you know more than just the infrastructure that is required of them to provide (laughs) you know you're you're asking them to look at you you know certain things that most people would consider amenities uh, but to be more of the built environment and built infrastructure. And that's got to be a tough transition for some cities, especially maybe some that are more established that think that, you know, they don't need this. I really believe that the pandemic was helping mm-hmm. cities learning like an interesting lesson that citizens are no longer loyal. Uh, as they probably been before, and this is this is very connected to Europe. Uh, mm-hmm. Then I know more th- these two markets, Europe and United States. In the United States, people move a lot. It is very yeah. easy for people to move from a city to another. This is not what happened in, in Europe. But usually, people when they are in a city, they live there, they stay there, and they spend probably their entire life yeah. uh, in, in that that place. They travel, but you know, home it's somewhere and it's a very specific spot now. This is changing. Uh, new generation, they're not like this. They're, we are nomads living in a world that is not for nomadic people. Uh, and I know because I'm <laughs> <laughs> being nomadic right now. Yeah, <laughs> I am. And I know that I can't, you can, you know, freeze uh, your life on a spot because you're living in another one. Okay. Uh, so I think cities learn this and they know that they have to change. 
and they have to have like even a marketing perspective in their lifestyle. So they have to treat their citizens like like consumers, like clients, and they have to serve them in the best way so that they're going to have more loyalty and they're going to have more people willing still to live in that place. So next three years, they're going to be super key to understand, you know, how people will move, how people will uh, will decide on their, their working lifestyle and, and their shopping lifestyle and their education lifestyle. And this is will change deeply uh, how cities will, will, will be, you know, populated. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are you seeing right now? I mean, obviously you're seeing that there's a big push for people to start being, uh, you know, being a part of the built environment outside of, you know, residences and office buildings and and there's a big market big push for those people coming out uh, because out of need out of requirements uh, they're not allowed to be in the office so now they're coming out and uh, I mean that's got to be a great opportunity for what you guys have going on there to to really capitalize and show that there is so i i mean this has got to be a uh, you know it's a it's a terrible event but it's got to be a good way to showcase how you know people can thrive outside of the office and outside of you know the residences and and still you know outside of just being purely for recreation uh it, it can be something more um, um yes okay there, there is one theory coming from the mit uh there's a professor there named Otto Scharmer, and uh, he is the one that invented the u theory if you don't know what it is it's something super interesting to go into and to check but anyways one of the main point about all these theories it's about that we're living like three disconnections Disconnection with nature, disconnection with others, and disconnection with ourselves. And he started to talk about this like 15 years ago, something like this. I believe that pandemic was just underlining how this is deep and, and putting everything in front of us and letting us understand how, how much we needed to, to go and to check again our lifestyles, um, to, to go and to, you know, to go back to do the planet, something that actually, you know, if you think what we do to our planet, something like collectively, something that personally we would never do. And so there's like a super huge disconnection there, but now sustainability and stuff is getting to like to a business level. So now it's getting interesting or what is going to happen. And then you have disconnection with others. And we know uh, that there's a huge and in the pandemic in this case is showing us how much we need to stay together with others uh, when we work when we do and so that's why a lot of companies now and a lot of people they're saying yeah i'm nice beautiful to work from home but i like even the idea to go back to i don't right. like the computing but i like the idea to see people so yeah if i can choose uh, I'm not choosing to close myself in my house. I, I choose, you know, to, to find a way to see other people. And then the last point is about uh, connecting to ourselves, having moments for ourselves and to think. So when we are designing for the outdoors, and because this is the market we're in, we have this in mind. So how we can help people, you know, to reconnect with nature, how we can help people to reconnect with others and to do things on a very safe place that is the outdoor, the public space. And then how do we can let them, you know, to enjoying their reconnection with themselves too. And so and that's why we have been creating tools to train outdoor, to, to work outdoor, uh, or just to spend time with the new babies uh, mm-hmm. so that people can actually have everything that they need you know, to, to spend the time that they, that they want in, in the outdoors, in the, in the outdoor spaces. Right. Right. So it's, it's kind of a, almost a great reset just to wow. calibrate yeah. what, uh, what, what's important and what's, what we've been lacking for, for most people is uh, the, those connections. And, uh, and that's, that's kind of great. I mean, that gives you a perfect mission for, for oh, yeah. the company to, um, and let's kind of go in a little more detail on what types, uh, you know, we talked about benches, but obviously it's a lot more than benches. Yeah. There's a lot that, that you guys uh, have been designing over the last five, six years that have really 
kind of change the scene of the built environment and uh, allow for some plug and play for for not only business owners but uh, you know residents themselves. It's it's pretty exciting. So can we just like touch on some of those various items? Yeah. But you know what? Probably the, the the first iconic project that we did that was helping us, you know, to move even the company, the culture of the company, on the direction of placemaking was the My Equilibria uh, project. So uh, next time that you're going to be in Miami, uh, in the, really in the middle of the touristic area in Ocean Drive, uh, we have one of our installation. And actually, there's like a nice story connected to that because. Um, when okay we the, the project that we had in mind was a project connecting to fitness with the idea that in the future people will want to train more and more outside and it was 2011 when we designing this and i remember my client in that case it was a client coming from techno gym like a brand of of uh, like indoor machines yeah. and i remember the first conversation was like you know what people in the future they will be outdoors and they will want to use their own body weight to train and not, you know, machines. And I, I remember that the first time he was talking to me about this, he said, you know, there's something called CrossFit. Uh, and, and at the moment, nobody knew what it was. It was like, you know, the future is stuff like that. So <laughs> we combined this idea of staying outside, just using the body weight. So the CrossFit idea with art. So we created this sort of sculpture, very iconic sculpture, and we designed this. And that's how I met Metalco because it was the only company that said, okay, we can do this. Uh, we, we spent, me and my client, we spent really a couple of years before finding this company. Wow. But the nice thing is this, uh, we won the contest in Miami. And, and actually in Miami, we you have Muscle Beach. There is yeah. two beaches in, in the United States, as you know, one is in Miami, one is in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. The two Muscle Beach where you have all the best athlete to go there and they go there and train and at that moment we won the rebuild of the entire area and the people and i'm talking about a huge big muscular guys that didn't want they didn't want to remove their old stuff to for for a new version of of the gym so they yeah. wanted the rusty bars uh, where they wanted that stuff and, and you know what and actually, someone was actually chaining themselves to the structure <laughs> the day that the machine wow. came to move them. That day, I realized that they were not just product. There was a super huge sense of belongings connected to that place. Mm -hmm. And so in that moment, I realized that we were not just doing products. We were trying to have people to have the sense of belonging on a spot. And and actually, the, 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 the end of the story is that there were no... Then we're not just happy about the new version of the, but the community now is like a huge community, not just, you know, super athletes, even normal people go there to train. But even after two months, they decided, they decided to collect food and clothes for the homeless. And they brought them to the mayor of Miami saying, so the Miami beach to say, thank you very much for the rebuild of that area. So this is our way to say thank you. And, and I really believe this is not something that happens a lot, you know, that you have citizens so committed on something to say, you know what, we need to do something to, to thank. Usually there's a very sense, you know, there's always like a very big sense of entitlement in citizens. Uh, but, you know, sometimes if you, you know, bring them the right stuff, they, they can react in the right way. So I'm, I'm very positive in this, in this sense. Wow. That's a, that's crazy. Uh, you know, it, you, you brought up some good points. I mean, the, it's, it's often a lot more than just the park bench or just the, it's, it's the space, it's the memories in the space. It's, you know, your interactions in that space that bring people and keep them coming back. And, uh, you know, when you can build off that, like you're doing um it, it creates something pretty special there for sure because you know you didn't completely erase those memories you just upgraded them and refreshed them <laughs> and there was still that sense of of place there go ahead sorry. no go, go ahead go ahead go ahead you go ahead no i i was just you know that's a that's you know, a really good installment and in that, you know, that's where I see most of this going or 
have seen going in the past is more for bringing people outdoors for fitness. And, you know, you see parks that have started to, you know, bring these like, um, you know, these various body weight exercises off the trail, you know, off a trail. And then, but there's not much that I've seen that was really focused around more, uh, you know, family other than they've got playgrounds maybe or, or play place. And then obviously workspaces have never really coincided with the outdoor space. And you guys are doing some crazy stuff there too. Uh, so if you want to just kind of touch on these other aspects yeah. that you guys are starting to build off of. Okay. Again, there's a little story connected to, to, to the second project that is Ederland, the one that you're mentioning. Um, the first time that we positioned the My Equilibria tree, the sculpture, the, the, main, uh, the main sculpture, it was in Milan at the Salone del Mobile. Salone del Mobile is the, the most important event uh, for, for interior design uh, in, in Europe. And we got the spot on a park, and this park is connected, is like on the, on the backyard of a university, of the art school in, of, of Milan. So I remember that the company, the Metalco company, okay, we installed the tree and all the fitness gears. And then there was, there, there was like a little space uh, that was wasted. And he said, you know what, we can bring a couple of tables, of picnic tables and stuff like this. And soon as we put there the first one and, and the machine was still putting the second one, the first one was full of students. They moved outside their, their, their rooms to, you know, to do their own to stuff, work, to study, yeah. to work and to do stuff. And so we said, you know what, why don't we give them to students and to people that like to work like a space where they can actually be comfortable on, on doing their own activities. So that's how Ederland started. Actually, in this case, the most important thing for us it was to try to understand what does it mean to work outside? Mm -hmm. Because this is not just, you know, like a replica of what you do inside. Uh, and, and you know what, again, two things. The first one, if you go and check, go on Google and you check icons work, you're going to see just icons. They show people like at the computer or they are presenting or they're having a meeting, okay? Yeah. So the, our idea of working is just connected to three things. And this was the first, the, the, the first uh, insight. Work is a lot more than that. Work is co-creating stuff. Work is getting influenced by other cultures, other people. Work is even talking to people to the, to the coffee machine. And working is inspiration. And mm -hmm. nature can help a lot to get people more focused, less stressed, more inspired. And so we started to, you know, to create different modules in the idea of how can we serve, not just people that can make a presentation or stay on their computers, but how can we support all the, the you know, stretching this idea of, of working. And the second point was it, still now, if you go on, on Instagram and you check hashtag office today, you're going to find thousands and thousands of people, pictures of people doing always the same thing with their computer beside a pool or in the middle of a park or, or like in the, at the beach. Okay. But again, from one side, you understand how people, when they do this, my office today means, oh, look how cool I am now that I can work in this environment. Yeah. But at the same time, they're super uncomfortable positions. Have you ever tried to do something on, 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 on an amaca? I don't know how yeah. the English yeah. way. <laughs> so it, it looks cool when you do the picture, but right. it's impossible to. And so that was the Extremely impractical. <laughs> yeah, that's all with the sand and the top. Yeah, it doesn't work because you don't have the shadow, you don't have the basic comfort that you need. So that was the idea. How can we provide the basic comfort? But again, not just an idea of making like a spot where people can stay with the computer, but serving all the little aspects that work it's it's connecting. That's why even now, now we just launched the project the project like three months ago. So we are still in the first phase on the market. And the conversation we are having, they're connected to this. What do you want people to do there? I want them, you know, maybe having lunch, charging the computers, and then talking, have a little meeting. That's, that's fine. This is working more. And, and you know what? If you, I'm positive, if you go to any entrepreneurs and you ask them 
when did they got the real insight, the real ideas that was transforming the company, nobody of them will tell you, oh, I was in front of a PowerPoint with a consultant explained it. <laughs> Usually they're like, you know, washing dishes or running or or doing other activities so that their mind was was empty and, and the cognitive load was down and, and the stress level was down. And this is nature. Nature is the, be- is the best therapy we can have you know, to recharge our mind. And so this is what we, what we want to do. So have people, having them to have the chance, you know, to spend even working hours in, in, in that situation. Again, the pandemic was helping a lot. Right. Uh, because right now, um, you know, with the first uh, reactive market that we got, a residential, residential area. I'm talking about the kind of residential area that has facilities connected to, you know, the pools and then... Mm-hmm. And so the the outdoor business center, it's becoming like the new uh, the new facilities that you have to provide because people will work from home at least yeah. half of the week or maybe the entire week, and so it's it's getting like a big thing. We hope it's gonna get. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's also you know it comes back to what we were saying with with the, kind of the mission of hitting all three. You know, you're reconnecting with nature, you're connecting yeah. with with other people and you're bringing everybody together. And like you said, it, it brings the stress level down. Uh, productivity, I would imagine would go up for the most part. I mean, there's, there's a little more distraction, but <laughs> you know, it's, it, it's still a much less stress environment and, and you're providing, you know, options that most people didn't have before. So. Yep. It's amazing. And, and, and again, okay, one of the, the interesting things about placemaking is that you don't know what is going to happen. So you, you create the tools, you put them put there, the tools, and then you just stay there and look at what happened. So I can't wait to have the first installation to get done and see how people would react to them. And, and probably they're, they're going to start to use those tools in ways that we can't even imagine. But that's the reason why we have to test, we have to stretch the idea of what we can actually do out there. So, okay, when we got, and, and it happens a lot, when, when I have a skeptical conversation about this, yeah. because sometimes, you know, United States, the first question is, okay, but I need air conditioning to work. <laughs> uh, yeah, obviously you need air conditioning or, or sometimes it's like, okay, but it's, if it's raining, if it's raining, you stay inside. You don't have to leave your entire life outside. <laughs> yeah. We're giving you this new opportunity so that you can even spend time outside. And yes, air conditioning is great. Uh, we even found companies that can create sort of in um, air conditioning for for outdoors. But you know what? The nice thing is is to be there if you have shadow you have the 90% of the kind of thermic comfort that you need. And I know because I live in Miami and, and I work a lot outside. I work a lot in my in my balcony. And if you have shadow, even if you have 30 degrees, uh, sorry, I'm, I'm a Celsius guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so if yes. it's super hot uh, yeah. with, with shadow, you know, big part of the problem is gone. Okay. And then the rest is just, you know, enjoying to, to, you know, not to, to see like a wall in front of you. And then right. and, and actually I have to tell you this, I'm, I'm working now with, um, in, uh, with a neuroscientist. Okay. He is, his name is Andrea Barizelli and he's specifically testing and, and collecting data on how nature is affecting our mind. Mm-hmm. And actually we are, this is like a, like a new project. I didn't mention this before. Yeah. We have created a project. What's the, what's the English name for it? You know, um, when you train outdoors, usually you have a path. So you have like specific exercise and then you, you do an exercise and then you walk a little bit or do a second exercise. We want yeah. to do this, but for the mind. So you can test and, and you got tested in the past that different natural environment provides different effects to your mind. Like for different example, different neural pathways, is it? Yeah. So yeah. the idea is that you spend one hour every 10 minutes, you sit on a different bench, just watching where we're telling you to watch. And we can provide you like scientifically uh, results of the kind of you know effect you can have in your mind. <laughs> we call this Vista. And, and, and the work is this. He goes there, he makes the test so he can find the right spots. 
And then we just install the benches and the benches that looks like a big frame. So the frame of the bench, it, it's, the, it's what you have to look. And you just sit there and look and, and it's unbelievable to see the results because huh. like, for example, like there is a difference when you watch like an ocean. So like a huge wide uh, open water environment or mm-hmm. like a small lake, a small mountain lake. One is more connected to calm. The other one is connected to cognitive load, for example. Mm. Or, or one, one a very um, counterintuitive thing, it's woods and forest. Mm-hmm. Usually we say, you know what? I want to relax. I want to take a walk in the woods. Okay, it doesn't work like this. It works the other way around. When you work in the woods, you're more focused. You're more energized. In, in your mind, it's like more, okay, Stress is very high, but on a positive way. Right. You don't it. have hundred things in mind. You have one, and you are like in the the like a sort of fighting, you know, mindset. Yeah. So th- that's why we said, why don't we create path? Okay, so that people in one hour can recharge their mind and have you know benefits. And again, nature is the best therapy we can have, and and it got tested, and we know. If you're working, if you're playing, if you're training, if you are just watching something, it's something beautiful that we can do to our to our mind. <laughs> wow, wow! You're bringing in, you know, real real hard science there. That's that's interesting, and it's it's funny because you've kind of got a mix of you're testing things both scientifically, but also just in the, those public spaces to see what people are doing and how they're, how they're tangibly reacting to certain things. And, and like you said, I'm sure there's, you know, people are using things for their unintentional use, but it's working. And, it, and maybe that, you know, provides insight into maybe another idea further down the line. And, hmm. and, and that kind of brings us up to what we were discussing before we were talking about the, outdoor mirror concept okay and i, I would love we to talk about the silly stuff <laughs> no I, th- I think that's i don't think it's silly i think it's it's like what you were saying is it, it might have been unintentional but yeah people have really kind of reacted in a, a positive way because we're we're so used to you know seeing ourselves and and seeing others and it, it kind of creates this this new atmosphere that people aren't used to seeing out in nature or out in the public. Yeah. So can we okay. touch on that? There are two stories connected. <laughs> the first story is this. The first time that we presented the, um, the placemakers group, uh, it was again at the Salone del Mobile. It was two years ago, three, three years ago. In order to do that, we rented like a beautiful place in, in the center of Milan. And the place was so beautiful that we said, you know what? We needed like a sort of room uh, to explain our, our stuff, our philosophy. And we said, you know what? We, we can't add anything to this place. We have to respect this place. So why don't we just mirror everything? And so we created this room that was like, like a huge mirror, uh, like something that almost invisible, but it was really underlining the beautiful place where we were. But you know what? I spent one week that week there, you know, with all the people coming and explaining our stuff. And one of the things that they realized that when we are in front of a mirror, we can be passive. You have to do something. You, when you're in front of a mirror, you have to react. You smile. You, yeah. you take a selfie. You just watch your body if everything's fine. <laughs> and or or if you you know you have to do something. And yeah. so in my mind, I was like, oh, that's interesting. It means that that the mirror as a sort of area of influence that we, we can, you know, convert in something. And that was like the first thought. Second thought, second story. In the center of Milan, I spent a lot of time in Milan because all my, all, a lot of my clients are in the north of Italy. And there, there is a, like a Nike store, like a beautiful Nike store, like really in the center of the city. And one of the windows of that store for, for the kind of light and stuff in the position, it was very mirrored. And a group of people, super young people, I'm talking about 12, 14 years old people, mm-hmm. every day they were collecting there after school, they were bringing their music and dancing. 
And they were doing all the group dance in front of there. And I was watching this again and again and again, every day for the entire afternoon and sometimes even in the evening, there were these groups and, and the group were changing. Oh, so wow. Nike, yeah, so Nike understood that that was cool, actually the agency of Nike. And so they, they brought, uh, there was like an underground stop in, in land. It was like an empty space. And, and for like six months, they convert that in a sort of outdoor uh, dancing room. So they put there a lot of mirrors and then, and so they have, you know, dancing class and stuff. So I put together these two things and I say, you know what, we need here mirrors. And, and that's why we, I don't know if we invented, if you can say this, <laughs> but at least we designed a urban mirror. And actually we'll be, we will be presenting this in the next week uh, to an event in June the 10th. In Milan, it was the first time that we were going to be positioning this. And, and again, it's just a mirror. We have mirrors in the interiors, uh, but I think it's like a super great tools for people to do something. So, you know, if you put this mirror in the middle of a park, that's not just a park, that's not just a mirror, that's like a gym. Yeah. It's like a dance floor. It's, it's like a place where people can stay and be together and then do stuff together. So again, there is a lot of all the, the you know, the kind of a reconnection that we're looking for that there, and you can, achieved us with just you know this little tool that's crazy <laughs> well I, I think that's so interesting and I, i'm that that designer mindset kind of probably helped to uh put these two together because honestly i i probably wouldn't have put two and two together of, of the reaction and the result from that and, and how that can get people moving um so Excellent and idea. I'm going to be super <laughs> curious to see next week what people will do in front of the mirror. Yeah, I will. You know what? I will make videos and send to you. <laughs> I would love that. I would and, love that. I want to see you know, the real reactions of people yeah. to this tool. Okay. Super yeah. You, I, I loved how you, sh we, you know, I got a little back, back screen pass and got to see some of these images. So, you know, anything you want to share, I'd love to share with okay. some other folks. But, you know, and we're kind of already touching on this, but what what are the biggest areas in, in placemaking design, as we're calling it right now, are you curious about going forward and, and what kind of values do you see those bringing? So uh, where do you see this going? Huh. <laughs> um, probably, I think that didn't, when I was talking about the future of cities, uh, and how public spaces can help them to be to 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 build their own lifestyles is probably the most important key things of the of the next of the next researches. We're working a lot with a lot of big uh, groups, uh, developing groups, uh, to help them to understand for our side how the public spaces can actually help them to create value for the insights. And um, we would like to even. Um, just monitor them but by even measure them um again this is something that is starting from from the real life i live in miami okay and and i can shoot i, I can explain this very easily if you see how new buildings were selling their their apartments 10 years ago and now it's completely different 10 years mm -hmm. ago it was everything about the living room living room, huge bathrooms, and, and, and spa, and amenities. Now, balconies and outdoors. Mm -hmm. If you look at all the biggest pictures and stuff, they're what you see when you are outside the building, how huge is the balcony and what you can actually do outside. So we know that the outdoors has a real and straight impact to the indoors in terms of value. And we want to research and try to get to the point that we can understand the impact of uh, outdoors tool for and outdoors amenities for the indoors, for the indoors, even on the public spaces. So I think it's like a very interesting topic to, to develop. Again, this is something can help to get less immature uh, what we actually do in the market where we're trying to serve. Wow. That's, uh, that's, I like numbers, but that uh that gets to a whole nother level of trying to understand how to quantify that that kind of benefit um but you guys are already doing some pretty pretty bold things right now so i don't put that past y'all to to come up with something um and, and so you're seeing 
more value put on the outdoor space and the public realm. Do you see more cities starting to adopt uh, some of these ideas? Uh, I know we talked about it. it's it's becoming more preferable now with uh, the recent events, but uh, you know, is that trend? Do you see that trend continuing as we move forward, or or will no, people? I, I... You know, absolutely, and probably one of the key topics will remain to bring nature inside the cities. Um, so we have been working with Stefano Boeri, I was mentioning probably this before, um, that the, Stefano Boeri is the architect of the, the um, vertical forest, the building in Milan, that now is, is building, is designing and, and constructing those kind of buildings almost everywhere in the world. And he's kind of way of um, designing and, and, and developing means that trying to bring biodiversity inside the cities, mm-hmm. I think is like a very interesting topic. And I'm seeing this happening all around the world, like from China to the United States. Uh, the outdoors, uh, the outdoor design is is probably the most important thing in terms of creating the li- the right lifestyles in the cities, and then all the major projects they're always connected to 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 the redesigning of the outdoors. So yeah, for sure, it's like a huge trend for for the next future too. Mm-hmm. It's definitely in vogue right now. I mean, there's several cities that are are looking at ways to, like you said, bring bring biodiversity, bring green in back into the cities. And, uh, and I think your the, the whole product line kind of um, builds off of that essentially when you're bringing, so now you've got the biodiversity that, that they're trying to bring into the cities. Now, if you bring their spaces outside as well, you know, you, you get that symbiotic relationship and, and people can really benefit from, uh, you know, being able to be in contact with those green spaces. Like you said, you know, you were able to show um, that certain landscapes tend to reshape neural pathways. And so, you know, I think it'd be interesting to see how that kind of the science that you're talking about plays in with you know, kind of that more push to be outside and then also bringing that diversity in in areas like New York City where, you know, you have Central Park, but, you know, when you get into the major boroughs, you don't necessarily have quite as much, uh, you know, biodiversity like you were saying. So I'm and, and that's why roofs, for example, in those cities, they're getting key. Mm-hmm. Uh, so roofs, they are the new parts of, of that city and a lot of other cities with the same kind of, you know, same kind of design. So there are spaces that, that nature can, can get hosted. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's interesting. It's, it's going to be a super interesting topic for sure. It's going to be. Wow, definitely. So looking forward, uh, say I was going to... Google, Wikipedia, your your browser of choice in in you know the future, the hundred years, two hundred years. How would you like your the placemaking group, you know your company, your name? What would you like for it to say about uh, about that? Well, okay. Hoping that Wikipedia will be there in 100 years. Uh, they're still, they're always asking for money to survive. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> you never know. They might not make it. <laughs> but we hope that they're yeah. going to make it. Uh, no, you, you know what? I don't know for me, but I, I really would like to, to see Placemaking Group as one of the key pioneers of a new generation of products for the the public environments. I really believe that we are right now creating like a a sort of school in terms of of design. And and I see this even in the way that we relate with designers. Before we were receiving just products to, 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 you know, to, to pick and to choose. And right now we invert this. We are the ones that pick the right designers, the right architects so that they can be perfectly fitting in the guidelines that we give them. And this is improving a lot the relationship that we have with them. So we, I really hope that people will realize how 
and, and there is so much to do uh, in order to do that. But in terms of how inspiring we would we 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 have been in the in this market. So that's how I hope there's gonna be some kind of legacy that we are gonna leave. But again, we're just really at the first steps of of, of all this. Definitely. But there's there's a lot of progress that has been made. It, it, you know, like you said, that first project that you had, Muscle Beach in Miami, that was that was just one big step that was taken that kind of put you on the national stage, at least here in the U.S. in a way oh, yeah. that... Uh, right now we have more than 100 installations of microdivision yeah. all around the world from... Maldives uh, to to New Zealand uh, to Singapore uh, to to China everywhere well, almost everywhere in the world so yeah. yeah we hope that all the other staff will have the same <laughs> <laughs> the same success we, we hope that uh, you know not just in terms of business but even in terms of adoption uh, of cities understanding the value of those products for their citizens and and to interpret the products in the best way so that the final the, you know the, the final user will will actually benefit of nature and, and activities uh, I have no doubt but based on uh, what I've seen I have no doubt that uh, you know you guys will continue to prosper and bring up some some of these creative ideas because like you said i mean you guys are are the pioneers right now it's it's hard to find anything that really matches at the same level aesthetically and also you know utilitarianly i mean there's there's that i think that's what's really unique about what you guys are doing is that it's not just a park bench right yeah it's it it's something that but we're in. still selling park benches. <laughs> <laughs> but it's Actually, not just we're <laughs> still we're still believing in the park benches, but we know there's there's other stuff that we can bring there. Right, right. Good. You know, but people are using it in other ways and, and you know it's it's aesthetically pleasing. Uh and so I guess I'll I'll be providing some links. Uh, on my okay. website as well but Great. could you give the listeners if, if they don't have access right now just uh, an idea of how they can find out more about not only you but also uh, the placemaking group and, and yep all the, yeah. um Okay, I'm, I'm, my name is Alberto Mattiello, M-A-T-T-I-E-L-L-O. <laughs> and and it sounds so much here. better than, than <laughs> how I say it. So I'm... <laughs> <laughs> So uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. This is the best way to, to reach me with any questions and doubts and, and, and comments that you have. And then uh, the Placemakers group, uh, the, the website is theplacemakers.it. And uh, you can find the links to all the other companies starting from there. So the My Equilibrio project, the Ethereum projects, and all the other stuff that we do. Perfect. Perfect. Very good. Well, thank you for all your time. I really enjoyed the discussion and I loved that we were able to dig into some ideas that are just now kind of coming out and you guys are kind of on the leading edge. So I appreciate your time. Matt, it was super fun to talk to you. Really. Thank you very much for for having me again. Absolutely. Thank Thank you.